Good morning. Good morning. How is everyone? Yay. Yay. That makes me happy. Well, we are excited you're here and we are going to call everybody in that's out there finishing up their breakfast. It's time for church, guys. Come on in. We got an announcement from the board, so we we don't want anybody to miss it. So come on in, and um, I'm going to hand this over to Jane, and um, she's going to give us an update from the board. Good morning. (laughs) I look fancy. Lori and I look pretty fancy. (laughs) Well, (laughs) thank you all so much for coming. It's so great to be with our sisters and brothers this morning, and and all of you who have chosen to worship with us this morning. Um, One of the board members, or several of us, got together and and, um, uh, very eloquently wrote a letter to you all. And I was going to just ad-lib it, but I think I'm going to read it. It has so many good little components in it, and I I thank the, the board members for so thoughtfully working through this process of pastor um, search for us in our church. We've been doing this for months now. We're getting closer and closer. Uh, Anyway, this says, Good morning, church. Your board of directors has spent much time prayerfully searching for a candidate to fill our pastoral vacancy. We as a board have reviewed resumes, watched sermons as a group and on our own, and video conferenced. We've had multiple board meetings with much Um, conversation on our pastoral projects, prospects and projects. At the same time, we've heard your questions, listened to your concerns, and value your opinions. Thank you all for sharing them. We recognize that when you voted for your board members, you put your trust in us to represent you in these types of matters, and we do not take that responsibility lightly. We have pursued this mission with love for you, love for our church, and with much prayer. Our district superintendent, Dr. Askren, has instructed us in the Nazarene process uh, along the way for picking a pastor, and um, he has also presented us a a good fair number of resumes. Uh, And then he stepped aside to let us work through the candidates with no interference, and we thank him so much for that. He's been a a great help to us. We have have paid special attention to the candidates' traits that might fit our specific predetermined needs that we've talked about so much here, and um, those of our church and also the Wooden Park area that we serve. Last week, we presented to you the best of the best, our favorite pick of the list of candidates. Um, We hope you all were able to be available to hear Pastor Jeremy teach. If you weren't here last Sunday, you can listen online to his teaching. And he and Ray responded to your questions during the question and answer period after the service. Though these events and the time we've spent with Pastor Jeremy, through these events and the time we've spent with Pastor Jeremy and Ray, we've discovered their heart for God and our church and their strong desire to serve in this capacity for the long haul. Your board has elected to bring Jeremy's candidacy for senior pastor of our church to a vote of our church members. The election will be held on Sunday, January 2nd. 
if you are a member of this church, and we, then we urge you to vote. And any input is also well received. Thank you for putting your trust in us, and may we all seek God's will in this process. We've been um, praying for a long time now, and we love it when our prayers uh, and um, search come to fruition. Thank you all so much. All right, well, I tell you what, let's welcome the Holy Spirit in, because this morning is about Jesus, and if we are not focused on him, it doesn't matter what we do or what we sing or anything that's said, um, because we need to ask him to just take over this service. So would you guys pray with me, and let's just seek him out. Lord Jesus, Father, we thank you for this morning. Father, thank you for bringing each single person that you have brought here this morning and every person that's tuning in online. Lord, today is about you. Today is a celebration of you, and we get to also celebrate your birth and your coming because you chose to come here for us. You chose to come here to give us another chance. You chose to come here to bring us closer to you and to be able to step into your presence clean, and pure because you died for us. Father, we want your Holy Spirit to take over this whole morning. We need you here, and it's pointless if you're not. So we know that you were waiting for us when we walked in. We know that you've been anticipating each heart. You've known everybody's week, everybody's morning that they had, the drive here. Lord, you know exactly where everybody's at. Some of us are dragging Others are excited, and some of us are just kind of doing it because this is what we do every year. So, Lord, move us out of those places. Get us into a place where we are excited to be with you this morning. And I pray that you will take over this service. I pray it will be exactly what you planned for today. We love you, and we just want to give you everything back now. So as we sing and worship you, and as we give to you this morning our hearts and everything else that we need to lay before you. Jesus, I pray that you will be pleased. I pray, Father, that you will be proud of your kids for just showing up, because some of us, that's all we could do today. And that's okay, too. So, Lord, just take over this morning. We love you, and we give it to you. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, amen. Let's stand and worship.
guys turn and greet each other. Say Merry Christmas. Welcome anyone that you don't recognize. many here this morning. Today is our first annual Ugly Sweater Sunday during Christmas, and I'm seeing them out there. We were excited. I My family has never been so excited to be ugly. They were so excited. They were pumped up. I know. See my husband back here? There you go. <laughs> it was quite fun. It's good to have fun and be joyful. And you can have fun with all sorts of stuff. So we're going to continue to praise Jesus this morning and to worship him. But I'm glad that you you guys joined us in being ugly this morning. Because it's fun.
blessings to you guys. I got to spend some time with Jesus this morning. I love getting up before the sun comes up. It's a sweet time. But I wanted to read this out of Luke. This is when Mary, when the angel came to her, and it says she was confused and disturbed. Have you guys been that before? Oh, man, I have been that. And Mary tried to think of what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. And he will be very great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? I'm a virgin. And the angel replied, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby to to be born will be holy. Holy. And he will be called the Son of God. What's more, your relative Elizabeth has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but she has conceived a son and he is now, she is now in her sixth month. For the word of God will never fail. Amen. We ask so many times why. Do you guys ask why? I ask why or how. How is this going to happen, Lord? It looks hopeless to me. I don't know how you're going to figure that one out. Has anybody said that before? Oh, boy. And then it hit me this morning. I was like, how do we respond Do we just kind of give up and throw our hands up and say, here we go again? I I don't know how to get out of this one, Jesus. Or do we respond like Mary and say, man, I'm overwhelmed. I don't know what's going on. But let it be so, Lord. Just take over. It's yours. And I trust you. And you have never failed. And you have never broken a promise. And I say that all the time, but it's true. He's never done it. He has always come through. So imagine what it was like for her during this time. Impending birth. Feeling really, really out of control of her body and what was happening to her. And yet she stepped right into it because she loved her God and she trusted him. And that's where I want to be too. I just want to trust him because he's going to take care of it no matter what. Amen. Okay. 
this. Lord Jesus, thank you for giving to us the way you do. We could never, ever outgive you. Thank you for giving us your son, Lord, the ultimate gift. We can never top it, and we can never thank you enough. So, Father, I ask you to bless these offerings, Jesus. Would you let them go out into this world and win people for you? People need you. People need to know about you, Lord, and I thank you for equipping us with gifts, through talents and everything, Jesus, that you have equipped us with individually and also in our giving. So, Lord, just bless it and thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen.
we love you, Lord. We love you, Lord. Thank you for being here, Father. Thank you for sending your son here. Oh, wow, Lord. You did a miracle, an amazing miracle. And we still get to receive it. It's not too late. Father, would you move even more? We want more of you this morning. I'm going to be greedy, Lord. I want more. I want your presence so thick in this place it feels like a big old blanket. We need you, Jesus. Thank you for loving us just the way that we are. Thank you for letting us come to you worn out and just sinful, Lord. We're sinners. That's all there is to it. That's why you came. And we need you. The reality of it is we can't live. There's no way we can live without you. We can try, but it's not going to work. And you love us enough to be patient and to sit and to wait. But as soon as you hear that tiny whisper come out of us, you are right there. And that's where some of us are this morning. Lord, it's a hard morning. So would you wrap your arms around those? Let them feel your presence. Let them know you're in control, even though the world is spinning. And Lord, for those of us that are just enjoying your presence this morning, thank you. Thank you for meeting us where we're at. Lord, we love you. And we give you all of this from our hearts, Jesus. All the broken pieces, we just lay them at your feet for you to make a masterpiece out of it. Thank you, Lord. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Just a couple things for you guys. I got excited to worship, and I skipped right over all the announcements. But just to let you know, this week is we will not be having prayer meeting until the first week of January. So just so you guys know, but you can always send me an email. There's cards on your seats. We will still be praying over them. We just want to make sure people have time with their families too this week as well. And then we also wanted to make sure that you guys are aware Christmas Eve this week is at 5 o'clock. And we are very excited to see you and your family. Bring whoever you want. All are welcome. So we're excited for you to be there. Pastor Tim? Is in the house. I think you won the sweater contest. Uh, <laughs> see, I had this sweater I wanted to wear today, but I didn't want to be the only one. So I am the one who announced Ugly Sweater Sunday. So you guys would be joining me with that. This morning we light the fourth in the uh, series of Advent candles. And as we light it today, the candle... That represents love. I want to read to you what will be my text for the morning. Kids, you're dismissed to go to Children's Church. If you'd like to run along with Miss McKenzie, she's there at the back. This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. And before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man and did not want to expose her 
to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the prophet had said, what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke up, he did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son and she gave him the name Jesus. You see, Lori earlier read the story from the Gospel of Luke. And in the Gospel of Luke, we find the story written from the woman's position or the woman's uh, uh, direction. But in Matthew, it tells the story of Joseph and what was happening as he was going through this process as well. Several years ago, uh, a friend of mine asked me if I would drop by his office to meet with his employees and simply to read the Christmas story to them. It was their monthly sales meeting, but it so happened to be the one for December, and I'm guessing he was wondering what to do uh, to think in terms of giving them some kind of a message about Christmas. So he asked me to do that, and I told him that I would. And the meeting was held in, a, in the city building. Now, I walked into a nice room. There were about 12 people seated around tables. And I must tell you, I felt a little apprehensive in those days, carrying a Bible into a government building? Man, if they knew I was packing heat coming in there, I might end up in court somewhere, you know, these days. But I walked in at the appointed hour, and I stood, and I read this simple story that I just read to you. Just those verses. That simple story of Christmas. To a group of men and women, some of whom may not have heard the message from any other source that year. But what struck me as I stood there and read to them, and I was not to bring a devotional, I was not to bring a sermon, just read the Christmas story. I was struck by the fact that as I read it, there was not a breath. There was a reverence. There was a quiet reflection. There was respect for the fact that the word was being read and it struck me. And I wondered if some in that room that morning were remembering days gone by when they were children and they had heard this same story in Sunday school and maybe hadn't heard it read just that way since those days. See, there, there is something still captivating about this story for me. And now after preaching Christmas sermons for 51 years, I still find that the romance remains and I'm eager to read the story again. 
whether it's Luke's version as Lori read this morning, or Matthew's version as we've read today, some have called it the most beautiful story ever told. And who would deny that statement? I mean, how could you find a story that pushes more buttons of warmth and love and caring and questions? It is in the book of Isaiah where we read, Hear now, you house of David, is it not enough to try the patience of men? Will you try the patience of God also? Therefore, the Lord Himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call Him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And do you notice in that passage from the prophet Isaiah that it says the virgin it doesn't say a virgin it says the virgin as though this hasn't happened before and will not happen again this is something entirely unique the virgin will be with In Matthew, as well as in Luke, we see that prophecy come to pass. Mary and Joseph had a son that was destined to be here. And they named him Joseph, uh, Jesus, just as Joseph had been told to do in a dream. Sometimes I miss the mystery and the magic of the fact that Christmas is a story about a lot of different people and the impact this one birth had upon them. And here today, what we have been reading is a story about a young couple who experienced something miraculous in their life. And through their experience, we learn some things about our life. As we read it, we have to be brought to mind that it is a story of extraordinary love and trust. Put yourself in Joseph's shoes. He was startled to learn of Mary's condition. He was shocked. You have got to be kidding me. You think I'm supposed to believe this. And initially, he would have had second thoughts about the wedding that was planned but he loved her enough that he didn't want to humiliate her publicly. He loved her too much for that. So he thought that he would, uh, some versions say, divorce her quietly. One version says that he would put her away quietly. And when I read that version, it always reminds me of when I took one of our dogs to the vet to have it put down. Like, we'll just do this quietly, so no one will know. I'm reminded of the story of the guy who was in the doghouse with his wife, and, and, and he wanted to make amends because of something he had done, and so he ordered flowers, and he told the florist that he wanted the card to read, I'm sorry, comma, I love you. But the instructions apparently were not clear enough. So when the flowers arrived, there was no comma. So it read, I'm sorry, I love you. 
That's a good way to make a bad situation worse. And that is perhaps how Joseph felt at first. When he first got that news, sorry that that he loved Mary so much. I mean, it was too much to ask him to believe that this this child had somehow been mysteriously conceived. No one had ever heard of such a thing. But then something equally as disturbing happened to Joseph. He had a dream. An angel appeared to him and confirmed the story that Mary had been telling him, that the child which she was going to deliver had been conceived by the Holy Spirit. And that's all Joseph needed. A dream. It's still my assumption that Joseph loved Mary very much and he trusted her. But you see, Joseph also loved God and trusted God I mean, how else do you explain the readiness with which he accepts Mary's story? Because most men would have said, that was just a dream. That wasn't real. I I didn't hear someone say that. Nothing has changed. But not Joseph. Joseph believed in God, and Joseph believed in the one chosen to be his wife. Christmas is the celebration of extraordinary love and trust. And if it really happens in my heart and yours, it will require those same attitudes. I was 14 years old when the Cuban Missile Crisis rocked our nation with fear and uncertainty. My uncle, who was a major in the Air Force, came to our house and told us what we would do or how we should prepare. And I was absolutely terrorized. The realization that the Soviet Union or Russia had positioned intercontinental ballistic ballistic warheads just 90 miles off the coast of Florida that could reach any city in America. That was the news. But there was an interesting footnote to that event. Some 2,000 of the most important people in the United States government during that crisis had been issued laminated passes with a gold wire threaded through their ID photos to prevent the chance of counterfeiting these very valuable IDs. These cards that were given provided entry in a crisis to the alternate seat of government for the United States of America during those days at least, which was a cavernous nuclear bomb shelter dug into a rural Virginia mountainside. And among the windowless offices stretching down that long fluorescent corridors, there were quarters for the Supreme Court. And among the passes, there were nine for the justices of the Supreme Court. 
But when officials came to the court to give out those passes, they came to Chief Justice Earl Warren with his pass. And he had a soft question. He did not notice a pass for Mrs. Warren. Oh, they said, there's not room for wives. Only very important people. Well, legend says that Earl Warren said, well, in that case, now you have room for one more very important person. As with a smile, he handed back his pass. He wasn't going anywhere without his wife. And I have the impression that Joseph had grown to that same level of commitment to Mary. We're in this together, girl. I know you had a dream that everyone is going to think was totally nuts. And I've had one myself that people are going to have a hard time believing. But I'm going with you through this process. How fortunate people are who have that level of love and trust. And Christmas is the celebration of a young couple who discover the miraculous in their lives. It's the celebration of this incredible love and trust. But it's also the story of a father and mother who did their best. They obeyed the instruction they had been given. It wasn't always easy. It never is. But they did. Now, if you look at verse 24, it's speaking about the conclusion of Joseph's dream. And it says, when Joseph woke up. And I love that phrase. He woke up. He woke up. I had a dream earlier this week because I watch a lot of car shows on TV and they're always reaching down into the engine compartment that ha- a- 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 of a car that's been stashed in a barn or somewhere for, for years and it is full of uh, rat's nests and leaves and all this stuff and they'll find the wires and in my dream I saw this this wad of wires going across this engine that I was working on. And I reached down in and grabbed that, that, that cord of wires and pulled it out and realized it was a snake. I woke up. I was glad my dream wasn't true. Joseph woke up and realized his was. And that there was more to life than his own little agenda. The birth of Jesus didn't just change the world. It changed the course of the lives of two simple little people. He was a carpenter. She was 14 years old or so, some say. 
just a couple of kids, if you will. From Matthew chapter 1 and 2, we cover at least three years in which Mary and Joseph had their lives and their plans totally derailed. Nothing was as they planned. Nothing was as they had anticipated. I told some of my friends that I meet with on Thursday mornings that in one church I pastored, I stopped by on Saturday as the children were rehearsing for the Christmas pageant the next morning. And the manger was there and all the other pieces. And the little boy that was playing Joseph down there behind the cradle was crying his eyes out. It's rehearsal. And I went up to him and I said, he's Joseph. You're the lead character. Ryan, what, what are you crying about? He said, I don't want to be Joseph. I said, well, Ryan, what what would you like? What do you want to be? He said, I want to be the donkey. (laughs) See, no one really wants to be Joseph or Mary. At least at this moment, because life seems so totally out of control. But Joseph woke up. Mom, Dad, no matter how old or young you may be, I hope there comes a day when we wake up and we realize that it's not how big the house is or how many rooms it has. That's not what matters to those who are our children. The issue for them is whether the rooms we have are filled with love and warmth. Our daughters are grown. And our five grandchildren now in different stages of maturity. But they love coming to the simple little cabin where we live on the creek not because it's some spectacular structure, because it isn't, but because of what they feel when they they are there. I love the Christmas pageant as portrayed by children. And as a pastor, it was always a highlight to me because it was Mary, it was Joseph and Mary, and, and Mary carrying in a doll, sometimes by one leg, They didn't know, dragging along the the blanket behind her, a couple of little girls up behind, dressed as angels who stood with hands folded as if in prayer and worship. And each time I witness that epic drama, I am struck by the fact that 2,000 years after his birth, little children still portray that event. And something about the moment seems so wholesome and pure and good. And you just want to wrap it, your arms around that moment and hold it to your heart. 
Each time I see it, my mind races back across years to the days when my little girls were in that children's pageant. And can I tell you, it's not fair, and I apologize to every person who ever had a little girl who should have been Mary in that production. But for some reason, when you're the pastor and you have daughters, whoever's in charge of that thinks the pastor's daughter probably should play that part. It's not fair. You have beautiful daughters too. But I remember those days of cabbage patch dolls and baby skates. and Those days that were simple when having a pizza delivered to the house was a big deal. And when Christmas Sunday, those two little girls would be in red velvet dresses with white lace. It was only yesterday that my little girl was the one my little girls were the ones sitting beside the manger two years ago I sat in church at Denver as that drama was portrayed and I looked to my right and three seats down sat my youngest daughter now grown and her two almost grown sons And I wondered where the time had gone. When my girls played Mary, I was there. I mean, naturally I was there. I was always there. But I was really too busy sometimes and too preoccupied with church stuff to really take it all in. When I look back over my life, I don't wish I had spent more time at the church office. I wish I had gone on more picnics with my three girls, Jane and our two daughters. And I wish I had taken vacations without calling back to the church to see what was going on where news would often upset me and take my attention away from my girls. What a difference 40 years makes. I wish I would have awakened years ago. Joseph woke up. But you know the best part? If you look down at chapter 2, verse 14, after the birth of Jesus, Joseph is given instruction in a dream again. And this time he's told to run with his family to Egypt for the safety of the newborn child. And in verse 14, it plainly says, so he got up. He woke up. And he got up. And the wonderful thing about this story is that every passage shows me again and again a man and a woman who were determined to be obedient to God. When they felt that God had spoken, they were going to act. They were poor, little to show for their labor, but they had one thing going for them. They possessed a faith that led them and drove them because they were intent on being faithful and obedient. But the nugget of the story that drives this season is found in the fact that it's a story about God entering the human experience, entering your experience. 
an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Because what is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus. Because he will save his people from their sin. And all that took place, says the Gospel of Matthew, to fulfill what the Lord had said through that prophet, the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and you will call him Emmanuel, God with us. What an amazing thought. The very God of the universe here in our midst. The manger in Bethlehem cradles a king. And don't you still wonder, what is God doing in a stable? Same thing I mentioned two weeks ago. He's saying, here I am. <laughs> That's the story Christmas tells. That the God of all creation humbled Himself and took upon Himself human flesh. That's the incredible claim a claim that is a stumbling block to so many very conscientious people. But how would you do it? If you were God, how would you do it? How would you communicate with human beings without overpowering them and violating the principle of human freedom? So God's plan is brilliant in its simplicity. God would live among us and reveal His nature to a small group of common people who would tell others what God had done in their lives. And then they would tell someone else what they had experienced. And as the story of God's coming is told over and over again, humanity would be one. Not with dramatic signs, though I would say this was a pretty dramatic sign but not with signs that would leave people unable to resist, but with gentle love. The love of a baby. I told the staff this week, whenever I see a commercial or there's something in a movie where the full frame of the TV, the camera moves in on a, the face of a baby, there is an automatic reflex in me I just smile. I can't help it. They show me the face of a baby and I smile. So Jesus showed us the face of a baby. And we smile. I mean, how else could God reveal Himself in all of His completeness except to come to us incarnate in human flesh? See, when God gave us the gift of salvation, He didn't send a booklet of complicated instructions for us to figure out. 
He sent his son, a baby, that you can look at in a manger and be drawn to. So is it any wonder that right now, if you drive through Woodland Park, the whole town is lit up at night? Two families from our church won a claim for their exterior illumination. You drive through town, it's lit up. Is it any wonder that carols fill the air, even when you're walking up to the front door of Walmart? Because it's the most beautiful story ever told. It's Christmas. And the world awaits the coming of the Lord to once again peer into the face of that innocent child, Jesus, Emmanuel who would save his people from their sins. Let's pray together as the worship team comes. Father in heaven, almighty God, Father, as hard as I try to string words together that would not just create emotion, but that would create revelation, I find that I do not have the vocabulary to somehow explain what I sense when I read these stories in your word. Or when I am aware what you do in the heart of a human that is surrendered to you. Father, thank you for sharing emotion with us that causes us to experience joy, that causes us to smile out loud whenever we think of you. Lord, a lot of us, most of us have a lot of stuff to do this week as we prepare for the celebration of your birth. Lord, you know me well enough. Oh, well, you know me too well. You know how I get caught up in wanting the perfect gift for the perfect person at the perfect time. So much so that it frustrates me into sometimes not enjoying the moment. Forgive me. And help me focus on Emmanuel. God with us. Let's stand together.
to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Merry Christmas. See ya Friday night at 5 o'clock, Christmas Eve service. Have a great week. God bless.